dear ladies and gentlemen of the Trail Show Nation. On tonight's Trail Show, we do not have a formal opening bit for you. But we do have some fantastic jokes in our first ever Trail Show comedic joke battle. What do you call a cow with two legs? I don't know what. Lean beef. (laughs) (laughs) All right, have you heard the one about the penguin? He's vacationing in Texas and he's cruising along. He's got the wind just going through the feathers on his head. He's cruising in his pink Cadillac. All of a sudden, steam comes up from under the hood. This penguin is not a mechanic, so he thinks he he'd better find the services of one in this next small town. The mechanic informs him, it will be about an hour before I'm able to tell you what's wrong with your car. You might wander, want to wander around town or something. In his wanderings, this penguin found an ice cream shop. And since it's a Texas and he's a penguin, an ice cream shop was right up his alley. He ordered a double scoop on a waffle cone and immediately went to work on it. He got all of that ice cream just going all over his beak and down his feathers and all over his flippers, just really getting everywhere with that ice cream. Eventually, he thought, I'd better go check on the car. He pokes his head into the mechanic's shop, and the mechanic looks at him and says, Oh, it looks like he blew a seal. And he said, What? No, no, this is just ice cream. <laughs> okay. Okay, that, that joke was longer than Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> what Wait, do you that call, does not count as his joke. <laughs> what do you call a cow with no legs? I don't know what. Ground beef. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so there's this guy, and he's decided he's going to go check out the pyramids. And he's rented out this camel tour guide. So he's got a camel that he's on. He's wrapped his head up in a turban. He feels like Lawrence of Arabia. He's cruising along, and all of a sudden his camel sits down and won't get up. So the tour guide grabs a couple of bricks and walks behind the camel and takes these bricks and slams the camel's balls between the bricks. <laughs> anyway, the camel gets up. It, it does what it's supposed to do for a little while. It's walking along, and, and, and the tourist is a little disturbed by what has just transpired. Well, he goes another mile or so, and then this camel sits down. Here comes the tour guide again. A couple of bricks. Slam! Slam! <laughs> slam! Suddenly, you got an obedient camel again. Well, this happens about four or five times, and each time it just ratchets up this uh, this tourist's like what the f- factor. You might have to bleep me on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I feel like I should get points. None of my jokes had bleeps. <laughs> fi- finally, you know, about the fifth time that this happens, the tourist just just freaks out and he goes, "Hey, man, doesn't that hurt?" And the tour guide says, "What? Oh, no, no, no! Only when you get your fingers caught." <laughs> <laughs> Should we start the show, Dilo? God, we probably should. Let's start the show. You're tuned to the Trail Show. Get on the trail. We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Que no parece fiesta. It's the Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike D'Lo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Junaid Special 41. Daoud. I don't think you need to tell them put it pop if you got some of them little brandy out in a little nub nub or something. And also, Daniel Triple O. <laughs> 
Alvarez. It just seamlessly flowed in there. Seamless. That was perfect. And now, broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the Trail Show. Merry Christmas. Coming to you live <laughs> from the Bobby Walter Studio in Arvada, Colorado's historic beer district. This is the Trail Show. We are live in Studio 2B at our Jefferson County telecasting complex, ladies and gentlemen. The Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail and has been downloaded over three quarters of a million times what? in 150 countries across the globe. Except Cuba. We are on air, <laughs> on Cuba demand. Just, <laughs> and Cuba just got Wi-Fi. Worldwide on the cellular. Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, and at thetrailshow.com. All right, folks, we got the band back together again today in studio this month. We have P.O.D. We have Special 41. We have Daniel Triple O Alvarez. We have Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. We have Katie Salty Gerber. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and? And I'm here. That's everybody. Okay. All right. Well, it's there's been also a the spirit of Bob- Bobby Walters. That's right. Well, she's. It is the yeah. Bobby Walters studio, yeah. so she's in the room. All right, Pod. Why don't we? Uh, why don't you set the table? Well, and tell folks what's on the Trail Show Diner menu today. There seems to be a lot of confusion about what's on what's on the menu today. So we'll, we'll kind of wait and see what happens. But we've got um, we have several audio clips today, uh, and we have our Trail of the Month, which we're going to Skype in with. L train about the Via Dinarica and Dinarica. Dinarica. Come on, I, I put a pronouncer there. Don't I, you see G N A R? Nar. No. As in the Dinarica. Huh? As in the, the Chronicles of Narica. Oh, it's up at the top. <laughs> I remember back to like Spanish every time I. It's hard. Anyway, uh, let's see. We've got some. Uh, we got lots of Ask a Hiker questions. We've got mailbag. We've got some salty snacks. Uh, we have uh, a gear review submitted uh, via Courier um, for a tent stake. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, what else? We've got a media review, we think. Last time we tried to do this media review, it fell through. So we'll see what happens. We've got tons of uh, VIP donors. And uh, we've all got our trail shirts on. That's pretty exciting. Our trail show shirts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Special announcement about that coming up. That's right. And uh, and just, you know, shenanigans. We also have special guest Fidget for a very special interview P.O.D. Yes. did in the field. That's right. Live via satellite link. Trail correspondent. Be, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was an embedded reporter in Silverthorne, Colorado. And we were weekend. in her bed when I did that interview. So what? There you go. I, I really you know, was embedded. I'm actually going to listen to the trail show this month. Just because I want to listen to that interview, because yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we're gonna, we're not gonna play it like in studio today, right? So we are. Are we? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, then I'm totally not gonna listen to the trail show. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So is that it, Pod? Yeah, it's a uh, holiday grab bag, if you will. I will. Okay. Well, let's grab yourself a bag of it. And now it's time for Mike DiLorenzo's beer of the month. Dilo, take it away. Wow, I need some cans, quick. Give that boy some cans. Stat. <laughs> oh, good toss. Good wow, toss. Nice toss. Nice so catch. We See have, that catch? We have beer Wait, from... Are you, are you Mike DiLorenzo? You don't know who it's from. I have no idea where this beer is from. Okay. I'm just going to wing it and read what, some labels. Wait, are you going to tell us who it's from? Yes, and then okay. I'm going to let him and do And then the, you're going to do yes. the labels? Okay, cool. Okay. Oh, thank you. Um, so this beer came, I think, 
this beer came from. Uh, Jim Cajun Spice Myers. And what we've had so far has been delicious. And we have some more beer that we're going to open in the second half that was that's from someone else. But for now, we're just having the, the Cajun Spice beers. And you'll notice these beers are from Georgia. Yes. Georgia. So it looks to me like we have two half-and-half uh, half beers, which are... We've, we've opened two cans so far, maybe even three. There's a third that just was cracked, I think. These are 50-50, uh, 50% India Pale Ale, 50% Radler. Very, oh, no way. That's what we're drinking? Low, very low on the ABVs, 4.2% uh, alcohol by volume. And with the Radler, you do get a very um, pungent fruit punch mm-hmm. flavor with these beers. I, yeah, one's these, a grapefruit. These are dangerous. One's I, a grapefruit, I, one's a tanger, uh, tangerine. We, we What's do, the ABV, Dilo? So on the, on the 50-50s, the ABV is 4.20%. 420, bro. 420. We also have some of these. <laughs> we also have a normal beer here, a New England-style IPA, uh, which based on the fruit content of the, of the session beers, I'm, I bet you this juicy IPA is extra fruity. Uh, but that's at, that's at 6.8% ABV. And I think there are more beers coming my way to put in my hands right now. What else do we have here? We have a classic craft lager, which has not been cracked yet. This is also a 4.20. That's 4.20% alcohol by volume, ladies and gentlemen. Craft lager. I suspect this one will be the least flavorful because there are no pictures of fruit on the front. Just a rabbit swinging and they're all from Red Hair Brewing, which is out of Georgia. Marietta, Georgia. That's it says right. Ger- Georgia and oh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Are we doing a beer podcast now? Come on, guys. Let's wrap yep. this up. Let's all wrap right. it up. Is Come there on. time for me to read the label I'm on the Rattler? Let's wrap yes, it up, please man. read it. Let's okay. wrap it up. You don't have to rub a lamp to make all your wishes come true. Just grab a Tangerine SPF 50-50. Native to Tangier, the Tangerine is a small citrus fruit, which we've made into a juice and blended with our Gangway IPA. The Tangerine SPF 5050 is the beer you want for riding on the camel to the nearest oasis. When you can't think straight and everything <laughs> oh, is a mirage, so on point. <laughs> grab a few of these babies and get ready for a magic carpet ride fit for a Moroccan chic. <laughs> I like that they call these, these 5050 ones, they're calling them wow. IPRs, India Pale Rattlers. Hey, that's really fun. You know, I, I, think, I, I think they're pretty delicious. Yeah. They I are. can drink a picture of them easily. You know, typically with the show, the trail show description for each episode, I, there's a format. And listeners, you know what the format is. I'm thinking we change the format and we write something like what you yes. just read for every trail show. So we don't actually talk about what's in the episode. <laughs> right. We just write some like something some, like with, real like, flowery crap yeah. that doesn't this, actually uh, mean anything. Yeah. I like it. Let's do it. Let's do it. The grapefruit one at the bottom says this IPR delivers a refreshing flavor that reminds you of the beach where it is always happy hour and recovery is only a bacon buffet away. Oh. Now wait a minute. Bacon what, buffet. What's we'll have to go to salty on that one. See, <laughs> see what our What's the R in IPR? Radler. Radler. Because it's an oh, that's the fifty-fifty. They're both fifty-fifties. So that's a t- wait a minute. What? This is tangerine. That's grapefruit. You haven't had the. Sorry, grapefruit. everybody. Disco's mind is being. I know. Right, right now, you've only oh. had the tangerine. There's also a grapefruit. So I would just think I, I would just like to say that these IPRs fifty-fifty at four point two zero ABVs are great for drinking around 12.45 on a Saturday. Yeah, That's right. I, I'm going to open I this concur. juicy IPA. Open it, man. Cajun Spice. Here, I'll have the white. I'll, I'll have some of the juicy You did IPA as well, too, yeah. my friend. Clearly, I like Oh, white. that's the sound of town. You know, I just want, I want to let all the Trail Show Nation know that when we open beers, we try to get them as close to the mic as possible, and that's just for you. That's just for that's you. Right. We want you to know. That we're enjoying our day drinking. We are day drinking. This is one of the... 
maybe possibly the only trail show we've ever recorded around lunchtime. Yep. Is that correct? That's correct. Is this a first, D'Lo? Have we ever done a day daytime show? Um, no. No. We okay. weren't allowed to before. Okay. Anyway. Very good. Before we get into the meat of the show, I wanted to talk about the trail show t-shirts a little bit. First of all, I want to thank everyone that bought a shirt. You guys uh, blew our minds. I thought we might sell like 20 to 30 shirts. And we sold 135 shirts, so which is kind of mind blowing considering they were only on sale for two weeks. Two weeks, yeah, amazing. So, thank you, Trail Show Nation. Um, we hope to do another one of these two week t shirt campaigns in 2019. We haven't decided if it'll be the same shirt or a different shirt. And we did have some folks email us immediately after the campaign was over at midnight on Cyber Cyber Monday, and. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to the crew. So we, we like, bombarded you all with social media posts. Like, every day for two weeks, we put up a post on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter about the Trail Show t-shirt campaign. We also mentioned it on the last show. But what I realized is not everybody listens to the shows when they come out. Some of you are, like, period. Some of you are like <laughs> a year or two or three behind still, so you didn't hear the current show. And believe it or not, there's people that aren't actually on social media. What? Wait, I'm so, sorry. Say that again? I, I know. I know, dude. They're not on social media. So, Sanity. So I was like, how do we... How? So we missed that group of people. How can we get those people next time? And I think we're going to go old school. I think we're actually going to have an... Get this, folks. An email list. Is that like a list of people's emails? <laughs> it is. It's a list of people emails. You can subscribe on our website, D-Lo. Uh Can we? Can we do something like that? Well, see, I as can a, we? Can we do something as a, like that? as a web development professional? Yeah, I find that badgering people that navigate to your website for their email address to sign up for your listener is one of the most offending things of the internet in 2018. No, 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 no. It'd be like a box where, yeah, like, if you wanted to subscribe optional. to our email yeah, not list, like a pop up yeah, that's pop-up. asking them to. You would just, have to actually click it and do it yourself. Yeah, there'd just be a button that says like subscribe to our email list, and then people so you can, can opt find out in. about shirts. Dilo doesn't like it. Yeah. I can see. Uh, no, it. that's okay. That's Okay, but we can't. We can't. No pop ups. No, 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 no. no, no, no. We're okay. all on the same page. But, here. but is that enough to capture these folks that didn't? Well, if it's not, I don't know was... what we're gonna do. Are we gonna hire someone to go door to door? I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. We, we Pigeon. Could, how about Pigeons? how about billboards? How about we spend? Maybe lots we have of a money? phone tree. We'll go like super phone old school. <laughs> you know, like, if you have friends that you know listen to the trail show, call we're just them gonna, up. We're going to ask you to call five people on your trail show phone tree when there's trail show news going on. You know, I actually like that idea better. Hey, yeah. <laughs> the, the trail show, show phone it, tree. It could be a, a, yeah. a text tree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Uh, the good news no, is no, no. we sold tree. so many that if you are looking for a t-shirt, there might be a secondary market at this hey, point. Hey, you know what? So you I could, actually... You could try and get one. I've got two. <laughs> I've got two. I'm just saying, I would raffle one of my shirts off. I would not raffle any of mine off. Would you wash it first? No. I don't know. Could we get a higher price? With <laughs> no, yeah, I think, I think <laughs> it'd be worth scent. more if, if yeah, it was unwashed. I've smelled your BO. It would not be worth more. <laughs> It might be worth. That's less. probably true. <laughs> you could just cut holes where the armpits are yeah, and then sell it. Perfect. Yeah, I'll make it into a into, in, into like a little tank top. Yeah. Special for whoever <laughs> wants to to order it. Just make I'll tell sure you what. You, you just start sending me your silent bids uh, at, okay. to Special Forty One at the Trail Show. Yeah. And and uh, whoever bids the highest, uh, you'll get a cut up shirt, and I'll send some of that money to charity. Awesome. That's great. So we sold a lot of t-shirts. We're really excited about that. We want to sell a bunch more. So uh, give us your email addresses and we'll sell you shirts. What's next, Disco? 
I think what's next is <laughs> so professional. Wait, was that was that <laughs> was that D-Lo moving the show? Yeah, over? it was. Uh, that Whoa! Was. <laughs> Someone check his ID. <laughs> that was. Yeah. I, let's. We'll, there it is. And with all the news that's fit to be heard, Special Forty One, take it away. Uh, so you know what? I feel like I actually am going to need a new um, sound thing. Yeah, what do you need? Because uh, I need one for like breaking news. Oh, we've got breaking news. Like something that's like. No, no. no. God, come on! <laughs> that's Here like timeout. No, give me my, give me like a breaking news kind of. I a feel deal. like I'm at the pool when that whistle blows. <laughs> no. No. No, that's not going to work. Either. I'll tell you what. That's always been the breaking news. I'm, I'm going to insert breaking news sound effect right here. We have a breaking breaking story on the news wire. Fresh this morning, fresh the off the show, fresh off the, the news wire. We have Zinky. Bye bye, bye Felicia. Say it ain't bye. so. Wait, what? how could they get rid of someone so great? Uh, well, even though he's done such a stellar job selling off our public lands as much as possible to private interests and things of that nature, Ryan Zinke. Uh, it was announced this morning, as of this morning, of the taping of the trail show. So, yeah, uh, yeah. breaking news, Zinke is on his way out. But I'm you know what they so say, Special. You know what they say? They say, they say the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. That's true. Mm. They probably got a whole line of other people. <laughs> a whole line of other sell. devils ready other to take than. that job. I mean, I suppose it is true that a newer piece of sh will be more palatable than an older piece of sh. No, no, the expression is saying the opposite that the the next cucaracha might be worse. I no, mean, the, I, it's certainly yeah. true, but I I can't live too far in the future. I have to live a little bit in the now, and in the now, Zinky's on his way out and and it's that, true. that makes me happy. You know, let's celebrate day. the moments when we right. can, people. I was actually texting this morning. Despite your personal relationship with him, yeah. Even though I met him that one time <laughs> and found him. Oh, you shook hands. Didn't you break bread with him? In the uh, I I shook the man's hand at one point. Okay, yeah, yeah. it was pretty tough. You guys friends on Facebook. Tough. Another thing they say. Yeah, is we special. like all each other's posts. Another thing they say. Back in Gaffney, oh, you shake with your right hand and you hold a rock in your left. Hmm. I don't know what that means. We also say, back in Gaffney, never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. But if he's, what? But if he's not <laughs> chewing what? tobacco, you should... All like, right, please. We got to keep go the next news item. Whack the right, tubes. Ne- next. <laughs> so... All right, where were we? All right, so I uh, I saw this, this story pop up on my news feed somewhere uh, about the... It's from the Mount Shasta News. Um, and it's a story about John Harsh and his band of crazy old men. And this is um, a trail crew, and they uh, they get out there, and they, they've done a bunch of stuff on the Mount Shasta Trail Association um, banner, but they've worked on a bunch of different trails in the region, uh, including, the P- the, including the PCT and some work in Castle Crags. Uh, he took um, some trail classes, uh, trail construction classes from the PCTA, uh, in Ashland at one point, uh, but he is apparently like just the ringleader in getting all these folks out to to get some some work done on the trails. Uh, sounds like they'd actually be a real fun crew to work with, and he's looking for folks uh, to join the crew and and get out and do some trail work in the Mount Shasta area. 
So if you're interested, he actually put his email at the end of this article. It's just John, J-O-H-N, at H-A-R-C-H-M-S dot com. So if you're in the region and want to do some uh, some trail work, hit this guy up. Uh, next, we have a lovely comedic story. Uh, there was a a box with some bear repellent that accidentally discharged in an Amazon warehouse. Uh, and this actually sent... Um, <laughs> out Is of this order. a true story? Yeah, uh, Out of Order sent this to me. Um, and apparently like uh, 24 of the workers were transported to, uh, to area hospitals, um, one of whom was listed in critical condition. So that's not funny. <laughs> but but I do wow. I do have to say like in spite of that fact it I love this idea of a can of bear spray just going off in a, in a random Amazon warehouse and just havoc breaking loose like what the hell's going on I mean, yeah bear you know. spray is no joke have uh-uh. you have you ever sprayed one just to test it out I, and have actually, it like I, blow back at you I, I have I haven't done bear spray but I have done like pepper spray or whatever when I was in high school me and my friend. You know, tagged each other. You know what? It. At a former place, <laughs> it's not fun. It seems like fun. a good weekend. <laughs> it was a small Party. town, not much to do. At a former place of work, which will go nameless, me and a couple of coworkers, we had an old bottle of counter assault bear spray. Somebody was asking about it, like, ah, do you think this stuff is legit? Do you think this can still works? I don't know. So we walked out far away from the building. And we all got behind my buddy, and he pulled the, the safety trigger off, and he, he let loose, and sure enough, it still worked. And it, it kind of made this red cone of... Uh-huh, yep, as designed. <laughs> and luckily, we were, we were on the right side of the wind, so it kind of blew the, the red bear spray down towards the building from which we came. And, you know, we hung out for 15, 20 minutes, whatever, went back in, and some of it had gotten into the building's ventilation system. And even just sitting in our offices, like 30 minutes after we had sprayed this, everybody was like, eyes were watering, throats getting real scratchy. Like, that oh. stuff is for real. And if you got hit directly in the face with it, forget about it, man. You're, you're done. Well, and you know, the thing is, is, is like whoever was in close proximity to that thing when oh, it yeah. first happened, like, y- you can best be sure they got a face full of it. You know, like when it, when it first yeah. discharged... Like somebody was close, and whoever discovered it first was not happy to make that discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyway, we we hope they uh, they they all are are doing better, and that Amazon gives them a raise. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, in other news, the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Um, so this is for those who aren't aware, the Land and Water Conservation Fund is like one of those things that has been instrumental in protection and like building of trails and things like that. Um, over the last 17 years, almost $36 million from the LWCF has been used to acquire and protect uh, about 23,000 acres just along the PCT. So this is like one of those deals that, that really, really does matter for trails. I encourage everybody to, uh, to check out the LWCF uh, educate yourself a little bit about it, and then contact your local representatives and let them know that that they need to renew this. This is a really a bipartisan thing, and long has been. Uh, there's really no need for this to be a partisan issue. It's all about you know our public lands and and uh, making sure that they're well cared for. So please check that out, everybody. LWCF. That's correct. Save it. Hashtag LWCF. <laughs> Um, trending. Why trending. Yeah. 
let's see. Uh, next up, uh, we have a story about uh, Anish. All right. S- some, what did she do this some year? Some people may <laughs> be familiar with her a little bit. Uh, so she has uh, completed the calendar triple crown. Um, just a little bit over eight months, uh, a little bit over 8,000 miles. Uh, she uh, reportedly had about 25 miles a day. Yeah, so she has just finished up pretty recently. Um, I'm trying to actually, it did not highlight the, uh, the actual like finishing date. Yeah, but it was just a little bit ago. So congratulations to her. That's pretty awesome. I'm pretty sure she is the first woman to have done the calendar triple crown, uh, which is always cool. And <laughs> no one is surprised, given that she's kind of a badass. Yes. From happy news to sad, um, there was a mother and, a, uh, and her baby, a 10-month-old ro- ten daughter, uh, who were found dead by an apparent uh, attack from a grizzly bear. Now, this is uh, way up in the Yukon um, near, I'm going to probably say this wrong, Inarsen Lake. Yeah, she, she was attacked uh, pretty close to her home. Um, and yeah, someone else had just, or something. Yeah, but someone else had like shot at a, another bear, possibly the same bear that had you know charged at them beforehand. So it was kind of, yeah, there was apparently some, some bear hostilities pre-existing in the area before the actual attack happened. Hmm. But always a pretty sad thing when something like that does happen, especially for a 10-month-old baby. Good Lord. Hmm. Other sort of strange news, uh, folks may have heard about the uh, the missionary, a young 26-year-old missionary. Oh, yeah. This uh, is a weird story. And he, so he uh, apparently had done some missionary work in pre- previous places before and uh, sort of took it upon himself to go to an island uh, that it's illegal to go to. There's like a native tribe there that doesn't respond well to people coming and hanging out and trying to like do things like indoctrinate them or change their way of life or anything. So he decided to go and, and do some of some work for Jesus um, on this island. Uninvited, illegal to go, all that, all that kind of good stuff. And he got himself killed, big surprise. Uh, well, I happened to, to, you know, like fall down a little bit of a click hole um, when I was reading <laughs> that story. And, and click hole. It turns, out that, been there. It, it turns out that, what is this pop-up doing? Looking for your email address. Yep. He wasn't oh, well. a long-distance hiker by any chance. He was a long-distance hiker. He was what? a long-distance yeah. hiker? Yeah, it, his Instagram's what? got like all sorts of stuff all over the place. He apparently had some sponsors, some like he small was a long sponsors or something hiker? for doing some hikes. Uh, he had hiked um, uh, quite a bit in along the PCT and then also in Washington. It looked like also some other trails. Peripheral. He was a sponsored long-distance hiker? Yeah, I think he had like uh, one or two small gear sponsors. But it's unclear. Like he tagged a bunch of them in all of his posts or whatever. But, well, but it then, turns out, bef- yeah, before this guy went and decided to preach the good word to people that didn't have any interest in hearing it, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he was a he long was, distance. He was a hiker. long. You know, the thing is, hiker. it doesn't it doesn't matter what he was doing. He was going to an island that is illegal for the protection of the people that live there. Right. You yeah, know? and that's that's more to the point to me is like yeah. is like you, nobody asked you to come here. Nobody said it was okay for you yeah. to come here. In fact, everybody said it's not okay for you to come yeah. here. Don't yeah. go. And I also think it was you know afterwards they were trying to recover his body, and like I understand the loss on the 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 side of. Humanity that is not that native tribe, but at the same time, like 
I also think about the toxic stress that they had to endure for many, many days while all these boats were off the, you know, the coast of their their island trying to come aboard and, and well, come on and, ground and, and get you know, his body. It's funny, too, because he actually had like written a letter or whatever to the authorities basically saying, hey, you know, if I get myself killed over there, don't try to recover my body. Oh, well, that's good. That's yeah, awesome. But which, they did. Yeah, yeah. which, of course, they went ahead and did anyway. But yeah. But they didn't recover his body, did no, they? No, they just tried yeah. to. Yeah. But they eventually gave up. I had heard from someone that he had actually already established contact with them at some point, and that this was not the first time he was going there. Hmm. Oh, I didn't hear that. But I don't know. That could just be. I just like the picture that I saw when rumor. I was reading about this, <clears throat> where there was a native with a spear charging a helicopter. It was like a <laughs> helicopter that was taking a picture from the island. I read an article about this, and there was a native with a big spear, like about the throat at the helicopter. I thought that was that, like that. Just kind of sums it up, right? They yeah. really don't want anyone there. Yeah, and it's so. actually really dangerous for people to come there because they don't have the immunities that are built. Yeah, up. exactly. Yeah, yeah. he could have yeah. killed that whole tribe. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Wow. So, in any case, yeah, maybe uh, don't don't go places where you're not supposed to. Thanks. Right. Wow, that's or have a such really... a sense of like entitlement that you think that yeah. you can go wherever you want. Well, yeah. you know, that's the. I mean, there's there's two parts of it to me that that make me shake my head. One of them is this idea that. Hey man, you've it's it's expressly illegal for you to go here. No one's asking you to go there. So like this idea that you need to do it is just all in your own head. And let alone to go there and push your beliefs on somebody else. I don't care what you germs. believe. You can believe whatever you want. Don't go around pushing it on other people, you know? Yeah. And so the idea that he got himself killed doing it, I'm like, well, big surprise, dude. You know, what did what did you expect? You're you're going where you're expressly told not to go with a message that clearly people don't have any interest in. What 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 do you see as the as like the correct intended outcome here for you? What what do you think is going to happen? Well, and I guess he anticipated his death, and that's great. But like out of order, said he could have killed the whole tribe. You yeah, should have just stayed home. Here's yeah. some free blankets covered in chicken pox. You're welcome. I mean, he was young. He was idealistic. He had the fervor of, of, of his religion in him, and and we've like, all done, made stupid choices. It's just he's yeah, got him killed. This was a pretty a pretty bad one. Into some better news. Yeah, uh, the Columbia River Gorge um, has reopened a number of hikes um, in the area. So these are hikes that were were closed, trails that were closed because of the Eagle Creek um, fire that happened a couple of years ago. Uh, so there's uh, like. Five or six, um, including some of the ones up to uh, Wakena Falls and uh, Horsetail Falls and some of the other other cool ones. Unfortunately, Eagle Creek uh, itself has not been reopened at this point yet, uh, and there's not exactly a timeline uh, for that to happen. But I think the fact that they've opened these other ones is definitely um, a good sign that there's, there's recovery uh, going on in the area. And hopefully that amazing you know, trail the Eagle Creek detour for, for the PCT hikers will reopen for one and all. I actually recommend the original PCT through there, but whatever. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Over Eagle Creek. I've done both. I've done both and I'm recommending the original PCT. And not only that, I would submit that if you hike the Eagle Creek trail and do not hike the PCT, that your hike is invalid. (laughs) (laughs) Preach disco preach. Tell the listeners that their hike is invalid. Everybody get your spears. You you heard it here. (laughs) 
Go go ahead and send your uh, what, your trail problem? completion you certificates. What's the problem? Medallions back. A disco will rip them up. Send your trail completion certificates Disco's to Disco, and he right. will shred just, them in half. Don't hike sure up to Crater you, Lake either. Just make sure that you put a note on there. This is because my hike is invalid. Please help me, Disco. Yeah, I mean, if, if my mind, you have to go back and rehike, or actually, you can't rehike it if you haven't hiked it. You have to go back and hike that 15 mile section on the PCT if you want your certificate to be valid. Anyway, <laughs> next question. Moving uh, on. <laughs> um, actually, I'm going to come back to that one in just a second. Um, Scottish doctors are actually prescribing hiking. What? Yes. Yeah. Not just like, uh, like, oh, you know, a good recommendation for you would be that like, you should get some physical activity. Walking is a great one, but like, you should go hiking. Here, here you go. I mean, are here's, they writing out a, a prescription? Yeah, to, yes. like, to like, you need to go walk in nature. And okay. they're giving what, you... What do you need? You need to walk in nature. They're giving yeah. time off with a sub- prescription. Uh-huh. Subscription. Subscription. And also like entry to... To like parks and, yeah. and like uh, some of the public Passes. spaces. And, yeah. Well, didn't we do a story a couple months back? Aren't they doing this in Vermont? The, to, it was a long time ago. Like but with yes. Vermont State uh-huh. Parks, yeah. doctors are writing prescriptions to yeah. go to your local Vermont State Park and forest bathe. That's awesome. Forest yeah. bathe. I well, like that. Do you know about forest bathing? No, I but think, I uh, love it. I love yeah. this idea. I think we, yeah. we did also um, a story or mentioned <laughs> a story about um, Japan. Yes, yes, they do. Yes. Yeah. They do forest bathing. And They've they also got, do landscape bathing. No, that's in, that's just Boulder, oh, Colorado. Okay. That's Delo. That's actually <laughs> Delo's neighborhood. That's my yard, yeah. basically. <laughs> There's going to be like 30 <laughs> Japanese people that show up to your backyard just to like yard forest bathe. bathe yeah. man. Forest bathing. Huh. They're way ahead of us when it comes to this. Okay, but next. I mean, I, I think I think anybody who listens to the show probably can attest that one. like this. That's true. Why are we even here? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, to, I mean, like spending some time outside is going to like bring down your your blood pressure a little bit, make you feel a little bit more positive about the world, all that good stuff. So I'm not surprised about this. I hope to see more of it in the future. More places saying, "Hey, you know what you really need to do? Seriously, go for a walk." Right? Yeah, you know. <clears throat> Um, in other health news, uh, this one's a... Wait, 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 wait. So wait, if we get prescribed a hike, are through hikers just overdosing? <gasps> oh. Well, we don't know what the dose is. Yeah, What's it's right. different for everyone. Sure. What's the yeah. dose? Depends on what your need is. <laughs> so, exactly. The people who go hiking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Your doctor can prescribe a non-regulated medication. Off-label. Yeah. So yeah. we need to get doctors to write like 150-day prescriptions for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, doc, yes. I got a real bad yeah. case so that I, got I need to go case. hiking for six months. You need can a you real please write I'm me fat a and I'm unhappy. What can you do for me? I need I'm, this to renew every month for five months. Is I'm that sure cool? this is going to work out perfectly for all of us, and now we're all going to be able to just go hiking. Yeah, I like it. And come back Excellent. to our job. In more health news, uh, trail-related, they found out that Lime can be transmitted through mosquitoes, fleas, bedbugs, urine, no, semen, saliva, no, breast no, milk. No, yeah, no, I'm going to stop no. there. <laughs> the list goes on. Yeah. No. Yeah, so uh, Salty sent this one to me. <gasps> this um, isn't salty. Thanks a lot, Salty. salty. I'm dare you. Now, Sorry, now I'm going to have nightmares. Spreading the good word. Now I'm going to have nightmares. I like some of the things on this list. So <laughs> no. how do you get, saliva. so how do mosquitoes get <laughs> breast milk? Uh, how do mosquitoes get Lyme disease? They they bite, and a person is infected with Lyme, uh-huh. and then they are transmitting it. Yep, same yep. way they. Yeah, I mean mosquitoes are a Ooh. terrible disease vector for all sorts of stuff that can be spread through fluid. Um, it really, the, what they found is that you know 
previously we kind of thought, oh, you know, if you get Lyme disease, it's basically going to have been from a tick, and that's it. You know, we don't we don't really think of a lot of these other things as being disease vectors, but they apparently are, or at least can be. And, uh, this sucks. And right. you know, the, the problem with Lyme is it's one of those things that's really difficult to detect. Something like fifty percent of the people that are that test negative um, with like a blood test actually do have Lyme. So it, it's it's a tough one, and it just wreaks havoc on pretty much your whole system. Yep. So, ha- so ha- yeah. Have there been documented cases of mosquitoes transmitting Lyme yet, or is this just like there's? It's plausible. It's, very... it's plausible. Um, Special. We need an answer right now. Actually, you know, I, I don't recall. Let's reading... talk to Doctor Salty. <laughs> Salty, we need an answer right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I think there have been cases of some some of those, not maybe not all of those ways of transmission in there, but because it was able to be passed through like breast milk or something, they speculate that it's able to be passed through these other vectors as well. And it's not at all common that it's happening, but uh, it is. It, there have been cases of oh, it happening. Man. That well, was my understanding. Yeah, I mean, like, there's the w- one thing that, that struck home to me was that they tested a bunch of uh, mosquitoes in Michigan uh, and that they had and that they carried the Lyme spirochete, I think. Uh, yeah, spirochetes. Uh, Michigan, so, damn it, POD. This is Frida Rotai Garcia's fault. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, it's not, I don't know how often it's happening, but certainly there's the there's like the the potential pathway there for it. I mean, if they're if they're testing mosquitoes and and like, yep, oh, that man. one's got Lyme. Oh, yep, God. that one's got Lyme. So, this is the worst story I've ever heard. Special. You better have something after this. Yeah, you better have something. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move to a good one then. Uh, people may have been tracking the uh, story about this um, pipeline that they've wanted to build that would cross the the AT um, and would be like visible from it and stuff like that. Uh, there's been a lot of battles back and forth um, about this. Well, a couple days ago, the uh, federal appeal court uh, rejected the permits for for this Atlantic Coast pipeline. One of the best parts of the little article that I read real quickly about it um, mentioned the harshly worded 60-page decision issued by three judges from the U.S. Court of Appeals. I just like harshly worded, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they've basically been told, um, you know, n- no, you can't build this pipeline. Nice. Uh, so when per- permits of- this just happened? This was uh, um, as soon as Ryan Zinke got fired. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think they were related. Coincidence? <laughs> the sto- the, the, I think not. Care. The story that I read was dated December seventh, uh, December thirteenth. I'm not sure when they actually oh, okay. made the decision. Um, well, you know what's funny is is before the uh, the story this morning that that Zinke was on his way out, I had a piece of trail news about you know the fact that everything's kind of a show over at the Department of Interior, and it's like all sorts of documents uh, oh, talking yeah. about suppression of science and uh-huh. denial of climate change and intimidating staff and all sorts of other stuff. So it's kind of a scathing article uh, in Scientific I read American. That too. So yeah, yeah. If you if you are interested in why Zinke is a terrible person. And and, and our last show, Rand Snyder actually sent us an article about Zinke getting fired. And we're like, well, it's unconfirmed. Apparently, Rand has a little bit of a direct mm. line to the inside. What? I think he maybe he's one of Trump's love children. What? Mm. Dilo, what do you know about that? 
I am not one of Trump's love, love children. Okay. You're actually just still a, kind of on lost, the run. Lost children, I should say. Yeah, didn't you desert that whole Paid border wall children. campaign? I yep. did, yeah. It never worked out for me. I was fired from the Trump, Trump campaign uh, before it was cool. <laughs> before <laughs> it was cool to be fired? Yeah. Right on. For okay. a brief moment. You were one of the original. <laughs> yeah, you, I was like one of the first people to get like get the boot. You know, you now, were, now it's just commonplace. You like... Know? It was right around the time Scaramucci got fired, right? You got the mooch, you and, and the, the mooch. mooch. Yeah, you got yeah, canned yeah. at the same time. I think he didn't like the Italians. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with with him getting fired right at the same time, I mean, years kind of snuck under the radar yeah. from that. So you you looked out on that one. Okay. Uh, all right. One last piece of trail news. Um, we talked about these brothers uh, who were hiking the the PCT. They were going southbound. They were real early in on their hike. I think it was like less than a week or something. And, you know, just got struck by lightning. Oh, yeah. One of the brothers went into, like, cardiac arrest. Yeah, right? yeah. And the other, like, revived him or whatever. And then they just, like, got up and went on their merry way and hiked out and went to a doctor. And the doctor's like, yeah, you're lucky to be alive. They're like, right on. Well, we're going to keep hiking. Um, <laughs> so they uh, they kept on hiking, and they, they finished just before Thanksgiving. What were their um, trail names? On November 14th, they finished Lightning at the and Rod. <laughs> Lightning and Rod. Yeah, what were their trail names? Uh, let's see. It was a Tone. Um, Loke. And I think uh, Dutch was another oven. one. Uh, Dutch Oven. Wow. I'm surprised they didn't have like lightning oh, trail names. Like, I, I know. I mean, well, I presume. They get struck by they, lightning. Isn't that like, come they, on. They probably had right? their trail names, yeah. but maybe they had a crew name that was yeah. like, you know, Ride the Lightning or something like that. But, Crispy yeah. or something. <laughs> but yeah, uh, our congratulations to these brothers. All three of them uh, made it the whole way, uh, enduring lightning strikes um, and each other's company. Um, for those of you who have brothers, you, you'll know that that's sometimes good, sometimes bad. These guys managed to survive lightning and each other and made it all the way to the Canadian, or I'm sorry, to the uh, the Mexican border, finishing in time to be home for some turkey. So nice. our congratulations to these guys, uh, and I, I certainly think it's pretty cool. Ladies and gentlemen, he just ran out the door. That was trail news from Special 41, Junaid Dawood. Before we go to break, before we go to break, <laughs> I need to ask D'Lo yes. about, apparently, Mr. Shameless, he's the one that dropped off some beer at your house. Uh-huh. He then later dropped off more beer, the Irish Bastard, which you did not share with the trail show. Oh. No, I, sh- oh, no, no. I did. I That's a violation of the bylaws. I have I'm never not sure. shared beer that was dropped off my house with the trail show. Trail show legal? What's the... Uh, what's the? No, I did. I shared. I, I brought Are beer. Are you sure about yeah, that? Yeah, there wasn't actually that much. I brought it. I brought it. It was a while ago. Okay. Yeah. D-Lo? He wanted to hear about it because he we never mentioned it on the show. I think show, it was, was, it was like, like in September or I don't something. think we ever got it. August. D-Lo? No, I brought it. D-Lo. Yeah. I brought beers. There okay. weren't that many. There was only like a six pack. Right. But yeah. then later he dropped off more beer. I don't know. Mm, no. Maybe when did your drink kids it. drink it? <laughs> I don't know. Was anybody home? Can you remember off? like a night where yeah. maybe your kids were acting a little? Because like I could see like you know if somebody puts a, a blatant twelve pack of beer on your front stoop and walks away in the middle of the day, like it could disappear by the end of the day right you like, do live in a rough neighborhood well i don't live in a rough neighborhood but i mean you know if you're walking down the street and you see a 12 pack of beer just sitting on a stoop you might sometimes to... you gotta borrow a can yeah, or two, yeah. You know? but no i he did hey he i mean did it could me have just been br- somebody cruising the neighborhood looking yeah. for christmas gifts and they're yeah. like hey beer okay oh, well no but this was like in the summer I think. yeah i'm pretty sure uh, i brought that to the show all right i all had right. to ask 
All right, we've got an interview coming up with Megan L Train Leadman. Don't go anywhere. Sold out the family and you broke a heart. That is why I, Al Cappuccino, don't listen to the trail show. Just forget about it. Thank you, Al Cappuccino. Yep, <laughs> Al Cappuccino. All right. That's a great name. We've got our trail of the month coming up now. We're going to be featuring the Via Dinarica this month, which is a 1,200 kilometer trail in Europe. Um, we'll be Skyping in Megan L. Train Leadman. Right, Lilo? Leadman. Yes. Leadman. We might even Leadman. play a prank on her. Uh oh. L. Train. Hi, how's it going? Hey, good. It's Disco, Dilo, Salty, Special, POD. And Triple O from The Trail Show, how are you doing? I'm great. It's good to talk to you guys. Oh, it's good to have you on. Thanks so much for being willing to come on this month and talk to Trail Show Nation about the Via Dinarica. Now, did I say that correctly? Is it Dinarica? Is that right? As far as I know, yes. Everything over there is really hard to pronounce, but <laughs> that's what we call it. So <laughs> we're going to say that's the right way. Well, I tell you what, maybe we'll just start things out. You can just... Uh, Give us a quick background on the trail, where it starts and finishes, what countries it goes through, how long it is, that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's about an 800-mile trail, um, and it's actually uh, the Via Dinarica White Trail is the one that I did. There's actually also a green trail and a blue trail. Um, but the White Trail uh, follows the Dinaric Alps, which are just uh, east of the Adriatic Sea. Um, so it starts in Slovenia, and it has. I hiked it southbound, so starting in Slovenia, and then heading south. Uh, then it goes into Croatia, and then Bosnia, Montenegro, and finishes up in Albania. Oh, very cool! And you said about 800 miles. Yeah, I mean, give or take, it is still um, a new trail that's not fully developed. So that's kind of the estimated mileage for it. Now, did you do it as an end-to-end hike? I did, yeah. And how long did it take you to do it? Uh, it took, I think, 55 days. Ooh. And that was with some zero, I think around maybe six or seven zero days. Um, but I hiked it with uh, my friend Express, who she was a girl I met um, hiking the PCT last year. And she was part of my trail family, and I got her on board to do this trail with me. So it was definitely nice having a partner. Um, so we kind of approached it in the PCT style of assuming we'd be doing, you know, big miles, you know, 25, 30 mile days. So we were kind of gung ho to do this start to finish in big days, which was not, we were not always successful at. But. Yeah. I was going to ask you, did, does the trail lend itself to big days like the PCT does? It really doesn't. And I think that was, you know, looking back on it, one thing we were saying is if we're going to do it again, definitely approach it with a slower style. 
Um, a lot of the trail, especially in Croatia, is not really well marked and it's really overgrown and there's a lot of bushwhacking and you're trying to navigate with your phone. And it's it, it got frustrating because we would plan to do a big day and then find ourselves exhausted at the end of the day and we'd only gone maybe 12 miles and so you know when you're used to those big days you're like what you know (laughs) like what's going on but so there's definitely sections that are really tough and um but we were able to do some like 30 mile days there's also big stretches where there's a lot of road walking so we would kind of take advantage of that and kind of cruise on the the road walks since it ended up taking a little bit longer, did that end up presenting like any problems as far as resupply and, and whatnot? Uh, there were like a few where, I mean, the resupply wasn't too difficult as far as, um, you know, like really long stretches. I think at the most we had maybe like a six day stretch where we had to carry food. And I think I remember being at the end of that and really rationing food and being hungry. We were just eating like a small little peanut butter sandwich for lunch and dinner and like kind of starving. Um, so sometimes we did run into that where things were taking a little too long and we were starting to run out of food, but that really only happened just a couple of times. I'm curious about the resupply options. Um, it's just always interesting when people hike in, um, different countries and what is available. I'm curious if you were hiking through or near small towns or bigger places and if you could find similar things to what you normally would have eaten on the PCT, you know, Cheetos and pepperoni or whatever, or if you were forced (laughs) to switch over to, um, you know, nuts and rice and things like that. Yeah. So, um, I will say we both went stoveless for the hike. So, um, so we weren't cooking and, um, we're both like addicted to peanut butter. So if we could find peanut butter, which we were able to find enough to keep us happy, if we did find it, we'd load up and buy a few jars of it. So the resupply wasn't too difficult for us because we really weren't picky. We were mostly eating, I mean, like, so you could always find like oats or muesli that we'd have for breakfast, just cold soak those. And then um, usually like peanut butter sandwiches or I'd bring, you know, they have tons of meat over there. So lots of cured meat. So I'd usually have some of that and cheese, um, tuna, that lots of nuts. Um, but it was usually just little small towns that would have, usually some kind of market and they'd have something that we could get. Sounds delicious. Um, yeah. yeah I, it that, was, <laughs> hey, L-Train, um, I'm curious. So most of us in this room are pretty well-versed in long trails all over this planet, but I got to tell you, like the Via Dinarica wasn't on any of our radars. How in the heck did you, <laughs> how, how did you, first of all, how did you hear about it? And then second, how did you decide you were going to pull the trigger on it and go over and hike it? Like, did you have a friend that had hiked it? Uh, no, honestly, it was, um, so after I finished the PCT last year, um, I was suffering, you know, the post-trail depression and I was laying in bed, just like on my phone, Googling long distance trails. And this one just happened to pop up. Uh, National Geographic had actually written an article about it, I think back in 2017 and had you know, said it was one of like the best new long hiking trails in Europe. And so I started kind of looking at that and it looked just beautiful. And it also said that, you know, it was this new trail. So not really a lot of people knew about it. And I think after, you know, hiking the PCT, it's become, you know, super popular and crowded. The the idea of hiking this obscure trail that I don't think um, hardly even any Americans, like we actually, me and my friend were the first American women to actually finish the trail, which is pretty cool. Um, Oh, nice. Congratulations. 
Thank you. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was honestly just like looking online and just looking at pictures and there's not a lot of, not a lot of resources for as far as planning for the trail, but there's a few people in Europe that have hiked it that had some really helpful blogs that I used for a little bit of planning. Um, how long do you think you spent doing that planning? The planning, um, I honestly, myself, I'm not really a big planner, so I didn't do much, but luckily (laughs) my friend, like my friend expressed, like she is way more of a planner of the two of us, like thankfully. So she, she probably spent a few months of planning, kind of looking over blogs, kind of noting where people mentioned like water sources and things like that, just so we had somewhat of an idea, but I don't know. We kind of went into it just figuring like, well, we, you know, we hiked the PCT. We're experts, right? Like we'll just figure it out. What about, what about maps? So, so the planning was kind of off like ad hoc a little bit. What about maps? What about knowing where the route went and things like that? Yeah. So they have, um, there actually is a Via Dinarica Alliance, which is kind of worked with all these countries along the trail to, they're sort of, you know, they're trying to promote the trail and, you know, make it a cohesive thing. So on their website, they do have uh, like the GPS tracks that you can download for the whole trail. Um, so I use them on an app called Outdoor Active. Um, so mostly just we just use those on our phones and also the app called Maps Me, if you've heard mm-hmm. of that one. But um, there are some paper, like local paper maps that we'd heard you could get from like the local hiking clubs and stuff, but we had a hard time ever tracking those down. So, so no paper, maps. Um, we just used, no, we had no paper maps. Um, we wish we would have, and we would try when we get into towns, but a lot of people didn't have them or also just language barrier. People didn't understand what we were talking about. So, <laughs> you know, L train, when I typed in VD Alliance into, um, my browsers, uh, some some weird uh, web pages came up. No, so, no. Uh, do <laughs> no, you know not, not what, VD. what not VD. what's the website for the Via Dinarica Alliance? Do you know? Uh, <laughs> um, I think it's just either like via dinarica.org, maybe. Okay. Yeah, it's well, it's via dash dinarica.org. Or maybe throw a trail in there so it's not just the letters. VD, okay. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> I I got some strange websites when I put that in. I don't know why. I have a question about the. Uh, I have a question about the terrain. Uh, curious about if the terrain changed a lot between the north and the south, and what the terrain was like. Yeah, so it was. Uh, I mean, starting out in like Slovenia, it's really uh, like green, very grassy. Um, there was a lot of ticks in Slovenia and Croatia. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first encounter with ticks. I'd actually never had one until we were sitting and uh, having lunch, and I was like, "Wait, is that is that a tick?" Like, "Oh no!" D- so did they have lime over there? Uh, I don't know, actually. Hopefully not. <laughs> but um, so the terrain was—it's um, really rocky. They have—they call it a karst. It's like a limestone rock that's the majority of the terrain. Um, so really steep, really rocky, um, very overgrown for most of it. But yeah, I really, I see, I feel like they don't know about switchbacks over there. It's just straight up or straight down, like every mountain. So it was, um, it was pretty exhausting for most of the time. What's the water situation on trail? I, I'm just guessing that there was a fair amount of water, but is that accurate? Did you have what water uh, carries? We had, I mean, I, I don't think I ever carried more than probably just two liters or so. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, also, because I just don't like to carry a lot, I probably should have carried more in a lot of sections. Um, I was rereading like my journal before this interview just to remember, and a lot of times I was mentioning that I was rationing and felt dehydrated, so I probably should have had more water. 
Um, it's actually, there's a lot, you pass through a lot of towns in the beginning and they have, every town has like a little fountain or something where you can get water. Um, there's also a, like a hut system through a lot of the trail up in the mountains. And so the huts were usually locked when we got there, but they would almost always have a well or something outside where you could get, you could get water from the well. Why were the huts um, locked? I have no idea. Cause it seemed like it was like the middle of summer and people should be using them. But we had read that you can, like, contact the local, like, mountaineering club or something and get a key, but we never figured out how that actually worked, so. Okay. Um, which was fine. I prefer to sleep outside anyway, but. Um, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Is... but, um, yeah, but it's really weird. There's actually not a lot of, like, streams or lakes or anything because all the water it just goes right underground. So you have these, like, super lush green forests and vegetation, but there's, like, no water anywhere, which Ooh. is really well, odd. Yeah, that, it's, yeah. that, it's that karst topography, right? It's yeah, limestone, yeah. so everything kind of carves its way down pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. So, so water, I would say, it wasn't really difficult, but there were times where I definitely kind of ran out of water and had some moments of dehydration, despair. probably. Mm. Yes. <laughs> So you had no no problems camping the whole way. Is is that like perfectly okay and on along the trail? Well, actually, no. It, I guess technically you aren't supposed to really wild camp in most of wild those areas. Camping. Yes, <laughs> I love it. But we we would still we would still do it. We'd kind of just stealth, you know. We'd sneak off trail and try to find it, hide. And then after a while, we realized there was nobody on the trail. So I don't think anyone would have cared anyway if that, they saw us. But in the beginning, we're trying to be super sneaky and, you know, hide way off in the trees. But um, so did anybody really like, are, are there like permits or anything like that? Like what was the, like how well uh, regulated is that kind of a thing, generally speaking? Oh, like for the camping situation or? Yeah, I mean, just, or just camping or like getting it like, do you need a permit for different sections? Did you were you able to get a permit for the whole thing, or do you need any um, at all? No, there's no permit system. Um, and as far as camping, I, I think like the way they do it over in Europe is mostly using the hut systems, where most people do just sleep in huts. So they would plan a hike around like hut to hut. Um, but for us, it just seemed like the huts were either the way they're spaced out would make for like either like a really too short of a day or too long of a day. So you know, like planning around those didn't really make sense to us. Did you guys happen to have any interaction with locals and uh, tell them what you were doing and they looked at you in sheer horror and were like <laughs> asking you why you would possibly wild camp and why you weren't staying in towns and things like that? Yes, it was pretty much exactly. I mean, honestly, most people, they had never even heard of the trail, uh, even though their town was course. on the trail. Yeah, and uh, we got, I mean, most of the trail passes through these really tiny, tiny, tiny villages of just, you know, there's not even a restaurant. There's just maybe a little market and a cafe where people just drink coffee and beer and smoke all day. Sounds and, good. Um, <laughs> you know? Sounds like a good zero, um, yeah. Yeah, so, but they would, I mean, we definitely stood out being, you know, these two American girls with our big backpacks. They're like, what are you doing? And we're like, oh, we're hiking the Via Dinarica. They're like, what is that? We're like, it's. Your your town is in it. It's part of it. They were yeah, just look at us like we're crazy. Like why would you do that? It made no sense to them. So so, so is it safe to say there's few other people out on the trail? It's very safe to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we saw pretty much nobody. Um, I think we we actually did run into two other through hikers uh, who were heading north. I think we were in somewhere in Bosnia, and one of them had was a German guy who actually he got bit by a dog when he was in Slovenia. 
So he was actually just came back out. He was on antibiotics and he was back out just section hiking. God. And then the other guy was on his way up from Albania. Um, and so hopefully he finished. I don't know. I'm not sure. Is there, is there any, um, any specific reason of northbound versus southbound? I mean, oftentimes people choose the northbound option on U.S. trails because uh, I think for, for most of the trails, the northern sections tend to be more beautiful, maybe, or more mountainous or more dramatic. And so that's, I think, a big reason why a lot of people go northbound. Also because of the calendar, you can start in the spring, blah, blah, blah. Is there any advantage or disadvantage or is it just pure preference with the northbound, southbound? Uh, I think it's probably just mostly preference because as far as uh, weather-wise, you have a pretty big window um, to be on the trail. Um, I will say it is a lot. I thought it was a lot prettier to end in Montenegro and Albania were just really gorgeous, just massive rocky peaks that um, it was really happy to finish at the end like that. You know, it did remind me of, you know, like the Northern Cascades up in Washington and stuff like that. But you really could do it either way. And what was the weather like? You guys were there in the summertime? Yeah, we started uh, around the first of July, and so we ended um, in August. It was uh, it was hot. It was really hot for most of the time. I felt like I had never sweat so much in my life mm. <laughs> until I was on that trail. What was and the, it's pretty uh, humid too, because we're right really close to the ocean. You sometimes you would be like you could see the Adriatic from some of the ridges you're on. So that's it was really cool. hot and humid. Yeah. What was the actual trail tread like for for the majority of the trail? Was it like actual i mean for people familiar with a well-graded well-groomed trail was it something along those lines or or a little bit more rocky and rooty and and undeveloped um it was rocky rooty uh not at all graded like slanted steep Uh, we're definitely i realize we're very spoiled with our trail systems in the u.s um um, I didn't realize how good we have it. And I, I actually talked to this uh, local girl in Bosnia and we'd mentioned, you know, the trails and how they're, they're so hard to follow and they're rocky and you just no markings. And she just laughed and she's like, yeah, you guys are spoiled. She's like, for us over here, if we just see a faint little goat path going up the mountain, she's like, that's a trail, you know? So it was, um, yeah, it was really hard. I mean, it's lots of like ankle twisting and rocky and, overgrown so there were sections there's there's a few national parks that you go through in uh like croatia and in bosnia and in those sections the trail was actually really nice and like well graded and everything so definitely enjoyed those sections the most and what kind of like elevation are you hiking at does the trail stay pretty low or are you up on ridge lines or what kind of what variation is there with that um so yeah it was a lot of up and down where you'd be you know probably close to sea level for the lowest um so the trail does actually go to the highest the highest points in each of the countries that you go through, which is oh, pretty cool. Yeah, so you that always, is cool. Yeah, so you go up to these peaks. Um, I think the highest peak was actually at the end in Albania, and it's around like 2,700 meters, which I think that's roughly around like 85 or so, uh-huh. 8,500 yeah. feet yeah. or so. That's, that's um that's, that's legit. I mean, if you I assume you were probably at sea level at some point too, right? Or yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, a pretty really big game. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a favorite country? Um, yeah. Did one country um, favorite like, country yeah. was probably as far as the majority of the trail, I would say Bosnia because it had the most well marked and established trails. Um but as far as like the mountains go, like Montenegro is just beautiful. I mean just these just crazy rocky mountains that were just insane, like really beautiful. What about the people? Which which country had the nicest people, 
or that, that you had the uh, most fun with or something, you know? <laughs> Uh, I don't, we, we didn't see a lot of people, but, uh, maybe Bosnia. We did one night we're camping at this lake and kind of ran into some local Bosnians who were camping and getting drunk on like their local moonshine. It's called Reikia that they make. So they were super funny and just like wanting to dance with us and singing, you know, traditional Bosnian songs and like, kind of ridiculous. Um, but honestly, like everyone on the trail was super nice. I know a lot of people, I think had some preconceived notions about a lot of these countries like Albania and stuff. And they're like, it's dangerous. And, um, we found people just to be really welcoming. And we had some people in Croatia just invite us to their house. They see us walking by and invited us to fed us all sorts of, you know, homemade foods and stuff just because they saw us walking by. And yeah, we found the the locals were all like really nice to us, which was great. What, what were the, uh, like border crossings and things like? So initially we were, you know, kind of worried. We'd read some things about some, sometimes you need to apply ahead for permits. And we just decided to kind of go for it. And honestly, they were super easy. Um, you, we would end up on like the main road where all the cars are going through the border crossings and there was never a pedestrian area. So we would just stand in line with the cars with our packs on and like walk across the border. We got a lot of weird looks, nice. but um, yeah, it was super easy. They really seemed to care less if you're crossing at all. <laughs> like, since we're talking a little bit about border crossings, how, how does one, what's the, like if, if someone wanted to do a southbound hike, they needed to get to Slovenia. How did, where you, did you go? Yeah, yeah. Where did you go? Like from the U S you flew into what airports and then what's the closest airport to the start. And then how do you get from the airport to the actual start of the hike? Right. So, um, the way we did it, we actually flew into London and then took a, took a short flight to, uh, over to Italy and I actually started the hike in Italy because it's really close to the Slovenian border um, and started on the Via Alpina Trail. Oh, and yeah. That was, oh. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just for, like, I think a day and a half before we crossed over into Slovenia. And honestly, we didn't even cross the border there. We were just on a trail and walked into Slovenia. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, you, so, so you were undocumented. Yes, <laughs> undocumented hikers in Slovenia. Huh. Uh, which they did when we left Slovenia. They kind of asked us, like, well, there's no stamp for you coming in. And we explained, and they didn't seem to care. Um, I think, it, I don't know, it probably helps being American in a lot of these countries. You seem to get away with stuff. But uh, hmm. um, but it would, it would also be super easy. Uh, the, there's, I think, like, the biggest town in Slovenia is uh, Ljubljana, which a lot of flights go into. Um, you could easily just take a bus from Ljubljana to the start of the trail as well if you wanted to start in Slovenia and not do the, the Italy route. Okay. Hmm. And uh, did you have like a, a blog or an Instagram or something where you were putting up photos or a journal from your hike? Yeah, I did do a blog. Um, so I, I've been, yeah, kept up on that for the whole trail, even though it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It was the first time I'd done a blog, but I talked to my mom and she's like, everyone back home is loving it. So well, what is <laughs> so it? What's the, what's the web address? Uh, so the blog is just my name. It's uh, meganleadum.com. All right. We'll put up a link to that. Cool. And then, and yeah, I did. I do have an Instagram too, which is, uh, let's see, it's my trail name. It's at, I think it's L underscore dot train. I should know that better, but. <laughs> All right. We will, uh, we'll put up a link to both. How about that? Cool. That sounds good. Well, cool. Is there anything else about the Via Denarica you want to get out there before we move along? 
Um, I would just say if anyone's planning on doing it, just um, approach it with an open mind that it's not a complete trail and don't get caught up in, you know, specifically following GPS tracks and kind of make it your own trail and take your time and enjoy the scenery because it's just stunning. It's a really beautiful trail. So more of a more of a route maybe than a trail. Yes, yes, exactly. I, I have one more question for you, L Train. Sure. Do you listen to the trail show? Um, I did start listening after you told me about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tough, POD. Wait, yeah. so here's Sorry. another question. Wait, in last year on the PCT, did people listen to the trail show? Yes, everybody did. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I don't know. Thanks, Megan. We really appreciate that. (laughs) Thanks for the self-esteem boost. Yeah, we we do. Yeah, it is the best trail podcast ever. Just you know. Oh wow! All All right, (laughs) we'll have to. Yeah, you gotta clip that out. I guess we'll keep the interview now. (laughs) All right, L Train. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your your journey. On the Journey, Via Dinarica yeah. with Trail Show Nation. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to send some folks to your blog. So get ready for the Trail Show bump. Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> you might want to upgrade your servers. It's yeah. the new cocaine. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, L-Train, have a good night. We'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, you guys. Thank, right. you. Thank you. Thank you. There she goes. L train. That was uh, that was interesting. Ran out the I enjoyed the station. Yeah. Eight hundred miles. Who knew? She, she has an extensive blog. Actually, there's. Oh, yeah. I was she looking does. at it while we were talking, and there's journal entries from frequent journal entries, like about each day's hiking and things like that. So and yeah, are there yeah. pictures up? There's pictures. Yes. Okay, they, it's really good. I yeah. looked at it before when I first heard about her. Mm-hmm. So it's MeganLeadman. She's also hiked the Camino del de Santiago. Yep. Oh, my nice. condolences. This year, I think. The wine trail. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the it's wine. a good trail. Oh, uh, boo. Guys, hey, yo, listen. <laughs> when I say the wine trail, that is not a dig. I, no, I, yeah, a no. trail that you can drink wine on? Like, please, yes. Sounds great. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. All right, we're going to move into our next segment. Now, Beauty, you did a remote with Fidget from her Odyssey, um, I think, yesterday? Yes. And we have some audio from that adventure you guys went on to a cross-country yes. skiing adventure right yeah we we went on a cross-country skiing adventure and then we did some um some cuddling up in her bedroom and oh, i did the interview okay so uh in- whoa you're right special uh, <laughs> special special's in his cups he got excited about that <laughs> he's in his cups ladies and gentlemen it's just a long reach to the floor from this very high you're chair right. yeah i think if you just press plug it in and press play okay we'll do that where and did you uh, where did you go cross-country skiing up in uh, Silverthorne, and it was oh. she actually has on her uh, the her Odyssey. It's on her Odyssey, right? The that, Instagram that, page. You yeah. talking about you falling down? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, okay. I probably won't be there because it's a it's a story. Oh, so. it doesn't see. I don't know anything about. It. Damn. So well, you missed out. So you should be following her Odyssey because if you do, you can watch POD. Fall. Well, I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll have her send me the video and I'll put it back up. But yeah, it was my first time on on cross country skis and. Eight years. It was oh, pretty wow. exciting. Were you at a Nordic center or were you on a trail? Yeah, like right, right in town. There's, um, oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, there was Grim Trails like five minutes from her house where she's staying and we mm. just went out there. So Very cool. It was a good time. All right. And folks might remember we had Fidget Neon on the show. Gosh, almost, it would have been like nine, ten months ago. It was yeah. in the early spring. I think it was in February, actually. Yeah, it was at February. your house out of order. That's it right. might feel like a long time, but just for imagine for them who have been walking. I know they've been walking. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it was like a continent, half a continent ago, something yeah, like that. something like that. 
All right, now for PUD's interview with Fidget. I'm going to get some beer while you're playing that. Here we go. Just, just. All right. Okay, so good Are afternoon. I'm here with uh, Bethany Fidget Hughes uh, in her abode on the bed. Um, and uh, we're going to do some uh, some chit-chatting about the her Odyssey trip thus far. Unfortunately, Neon cannot join us because she's in another state. So... You came to the correct state, and now I get to get an interview. Perfect. So thanks for being here. My pleasure. In your own house. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, I just wanted to kind of catch up with you. You were on the show in January of this year, but you guys have since gone back. Um, so can you kind of just talk about, since the last time we had you on the show, just a summary of, of where you guys have been and, you know, how that's gone? Mm-hmm. So... I kind of default to calling it season just because of having through hike so much. So this season we actually went from Cusco, Peru, uh, straight through to Turbo, Colombia. Um, so that meant passing through, yeah, Peru, Ecuador, and uh, Colombia. We did a 500-kilometer section paddling the Marañón River with the Marañón Experience just to test out um, some water ideas that we've been having. The rest of it we hiked following the Capacnian, and um, that ended in southern Colombia. We made it through Colombia safely, and then we tried three different times and three different ways to tackle the Darien Gap. And that was a challenging situation, but... Um, we were able to make it through to the integrity of our trip and connect our latitudes, and we've now made it part of the way through Panama, and we'll go back in February. So I'm curious about how this um, particular part of the trip this last season maybe um, was similar to and or different. Just found the microphone condom. Um, similar to or different the past seasons that you guys have traveled in South America. Yeah. I would say most of the past seasons, we were only passing through one or two countries each season, and you would get that feel for it. This season, we went through three different countries, and they all felt very differently. Like, Ecuador is very different from Peru, which is very different from Colombia. And so there's a lot more of that diversity, and the base foods were changing. You know, we went from initially rice to quinoa to... Now we've come into the area of plant, or we went through a lot of potatoes, and then plantains have been the big base food now. So, change in diet, change of environment. We've entered the tropics, um, and the big one that we noticed is that there's just a ton more development in these areas. Um, so it's a lot more populous. Um, we're walking more on roads, and there's been more infrastructure, which has has its disadvantages. You lose that sense of wilderness, but um, it's nice to be able to have phone connectivity and talk to people and check in on stuff. So pros and cons. Any, uh, I know that you've, um, as you guys tend to be quite introspective and, and, uh, respectful and considerate of the cultures with which you are interacting. Um, there's a lot of lessons learned. Anybody who doesn't read the blog, you need to get involved because there's a lot of learning to be done just by reading what you guys are up to and what, what you've um, been experiencing. But do you have any kind of standouts of, lessons learned this past season or um, new um, introspection? Just some on-the-ground wisdom, I think, um, checking myself as a thru-hiker. We had assumed that since we were entering the tropics, it would be very warm. So Neon sent back a lot of her warm gear, and then it turns out like there are still sections where we're at 10,000 feet and getting snowed on. So 
truth bomb. The tropics can be really cold above 10,000 feet. Uh, Preach. In terms of personal introspection, it has been that ever more leaning into the uncomfortable spaces, particularly for yourself when you find yourself reacting to something adversely, trust that instinct and get away from it in that situation, but don't be afraid to go back to it and lean into it. And it's been in some of those reflections on um, the gender bias we've faced or the racism um, that we've witnessed between people has been going back into those conversations that maybe we would rather avoid, that we're really finding some of the richest soil for future growth. And I've kind of been thinking about it, like just like fertilizer, when you're in it, it's really just a pile of but in the long run it it grows some beautiful some of the richest plants so (laughs) lean in um right on and uh in one of your posts this year you talked about specifically about the ebb and the flow of hiking and the kind of the not necessarily a bell curve but some sort of mathematical curve whereby you know you start fresh and you're excited about your journey and then you get a little weary and then you get through the doldrums and then you can kind of find some space where you reach a stasis usually and you still have your ups and downs and I'm curious I know the next section you guys are planning to kayak um, Mm -hmm. Central America and I was just thinking about that as kind of like you're starting a new season so you're not starting at the start of that curve because it's not like you're fresh on your adventure you're somewhere in in the, the middle of it but it is a new twist mm-hmm. kind of to what you guys have been doing, something completely different. And I was just curious if you have any thoughts about um, how that might how that might feel when you get there um, with regard to that kind of um, journey with, with any adventure where you kind of start fresh and, you know, get weary. And I don't know, just kind of reflect on that. So that blog that you refer to, I called it Every Long Traveler's Journey because that's been my experience. And I got some incredible feedback from one of our followers who actually said, I go through that same process. And she said these words, even just on a 12-day hike, which was the longest hike that she had done. And that going through like the wanting to impart your wisdom and then getting tired and withdrawing and, and having to allocate your energy. So I realized there was a wider application for that messaging. I really like that in how you talked about it, that it's an ebb and flow because it very much does feel like that. Like the tide is moving in one direction generally, but each wave or each lap of energy or season happens. And so with this journey in particular, it's looking like we'll have about five or six laps that we're going through. And the truth is like that, the spirit of it remains true. I continue to feel that this is where um, I'm, I'm supposed to be and I'm doing like what is my highest self. And only by living up to that can I ask or encourage other people to do the same and face their challenges. Um, but I'm more tired each year. I had no idea that I could sustain this level of exhaustion as long as I have and still function within it. And in that, it's driven me to find my own strengths and has helped me understand more you know there's there was a lot of narrative in my head of like I can't believe why someone wouldn't do this but when you're really just too tired from working all day to try to like support your family you're not thinking about like Mm -hmm. taking advantage of your weekend to go hiking like and recognizing it's okay to be tired 
Yeah. And along those lines, uh, I've been following your blog now for some time. And Yay! Yeah, I really enjoy the posts. And even just, um, not, not the, the longer posts, but the Instagram um, uh, posts where there's, you know, a little bit of a summary of some interactions that you've had with locals. And there's always a little nugget, a little seed of, of, uh, of, uh, wisdom or something that, that you as the out, like me as the outsider can kind of reflect on and think about throughout the day, which is nice. And then there's also the odd heresy, which gives me the little, <laughs> little seed of, uh, <laughs> of laughter and snarkiness that I need to balance the, Behind the, the, the introspection, you know? Um, but, but I, I do think that, the way that you guys are traveling is so completely different than the way most people travel. Even in the sense that like people who are going to do the greater Patagonia trail, they're there to make miles, they're in and out, they're, you know, feet on the ground just constantly. And, and one of the things that I um, have noticed about your posts and your blogs is because I've lived in, in Mexico, I understand that the pace of life is completely different Mm -hmm. and um, there's a lot of just hanging out and sharing stories. And um, I think that you guys are always open to that or you at least are uh, amenable to it. Um, And although from the reader standpoint, that might sound like, oh, that's nice. They're stopping in every town and like just hanging out with people. It's more like this is the way you get through the journey and, 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 have a true connection with people and share and not just take is by actually sitting and having that fourth cup of tea and listening to their story. Right. Um, but it also means that, you know, you, you have to go slower. You, you interact with more people than you would on a normal through hike. And I'm just curious about the balance of the, the kind of emotional give and take of that. And, 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 um, you know, while making connections in town can be revitalizing, it's also like on the same hand, living in their experience and understanding the world is different than ours and, and maybe feeling sometimes walking away, feeling like the, uh, the oppression that people are feeling is so large and sometimes seemingly insurmountable that it's an emotional toll, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to ask you about that. Like, how are you guys you know, staying emotionally healthy with all of the interaction that you have and maintaining your own spirit while you're giving and taking with all these people along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a friend says that we do three jobs. We cover ground and we cover about 27 kilometers a day, um, sharing experiences with the people that we are with and then sharing those experiences forward on our blogs and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and all the other platforms we try to maintain. Um, The nice thing about them is that the hiking wearies your body, but it gives your mind time to reflect. So I find that I'm writing a lot of notes in my right in the rain as I'm going because my phone doesn't have battery and I don't like to have my phone on when I'm hiking much. Um, But I'll write my notes down and then I get into town and then I'm spending most of my time in town um, working on the blogs, uploading content, maintaining contact with our sponsors. Um, and it wasn't until the second year that I came to realize that while one of them wearies my body and the other one wearies my mind and in that way they balance each other, I wasn't creating any space for myself. 
among that. I told myself that working on the website was a rest from the trail and that the trail was a work was a rest from like working on the connections and the website. And so I've been trying to infuse it with time just for me. And it's as silly of things as like brushing my hair. I got for the first time as a through hiker, I'm carrying a comb and it's not necessarily because I'm that worried about my hair. It's just to give me something to do. I carry a Kindle now. I never carried something like that before. Um, so that I can just like stop and read when I want to. Um, so it definitely is a balance, um, and learning how to infuse time that is just dedicated to myself, whether it's taking a WhatsApp call or sending messages, (laughs) um, or uploading some of offensive to odd heresy like (laughs) those are those are things that make me happy so it's that that's been the missing component and I've been working on that real hard you mentioned you're uh keeping in touch with your sponsors do you have uh you know like some I don't want to say corporate sponsors but gear and other sponsors can you mention who they are yeah I'd love to so the ones who've been with us from the get-go like before we even hit the ground they were just like we believe in you Hyperlate Mountain Gear have been there with us. Um, Farm Defeat Socks um, have provided us socks. Astral and Zero Shoes came on this last year, so they're helping us out with PFDs. They both have really cool Zero Drop shoes. Um, and uh, Sawyer and Thermarest have also just like pitched us some gear. We're not sponsored. But most exciting for me right now with this kayak adventure coming up is that track kayaks have picked us up and they're a foldable traveling kayak they're not um as light as the pack rafts but they're made to be in water for a long time and they pack down and you can like get them through on the airplane so we're super stoked to have those guys on board and we wouldn't be able to do this uh sea kayaking section if it wasn't for them awesome so let's talk about that the next the next season of hiking is going to be actually a season of paddling right Mm-hmm. So the first part of it, we plan to start back in early February from Panama, and we're, our goal is going to be to paddle on the Caribbean coast of Central America um, on that, and then we'll paddle up to um, to Belize, and then according to my trail map, <laughs> my trail map for the water, that'll take about 80 days on the water, and then when we hit Mexico, we'll probably go on to um, uh, biking, and we'll cycle through we're choosing to do that for a couple of reasons. One of them is to try to get me to the CDT in time uh, to do that clean through this summer. So it's looking like a, it'll be a longer haul this time around, but uh, with some variety and just the encouragement of getting close to home. Right. That sounds awesome. And what about any other news? Uh, I know that you've been doing some interviews with different folks. Mm-hmm. Um, anything coming out that people can look for? Yeah, a really cool uh, question and answer thing came out on the Trek a couple of weeks ago that kind of lays out what we think and how we make our partnership work. Um, Pretty soon, sometime on the Hyperlate Mountain Gear blog, I wrote up three different blogs of cooler, like mid-short distance trails in South America, like a week or so long, some of our like favorite highlights if you're looking to get international and being in the Southern Hemisphere here comes the time of year to go hiking down mm-hmm. there. So those should be coming out. Um, and, you know, I mean, I never listen to the trail show, but I've heard that, <laughs> that they're worth, they talk about us. So that's cool. <laughs> Great. Um, for listeners who want to get involved with Her Odyssey, 
Um, I know the Trail Show is a uh, monthly donor to you guys. Thank you. So thanks to all the Trail Show donors who provide those funds. We uh, funnel some of those into her odyssey. Um, so I know there's probably other people that want to get those exclusive posts and videos that I've been enjoying. Um, so, yeah, what, what can people do? Um, if you want to join us and support us with a monthly contribution, we're running a platform on Patreon where we give, we try to, whenever we have internet, do little video updates and sort of first look into things. Um, if you enjoy reading, we come out with a weekly blog and that's www.her-odyssey.org or if you just Google Her Odyssey. Right. Um, and you have to click the subscribe button in order for it to count for the imaginary internet points for us. Um, if you're social media, we've got a Facebook, um, our Instagram is probably one of our most active platforms and I've been kicking out some YouTube content as well. And my aunt runs our Twitter. So that's there. <laughs> I, I love that's that. That's great. Auntie M. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, anything else that you wanted to add um, today? Well, we have the chance to talk to the Trail Show Nation, millions of people. <laughs> um, just like you said, how with the support that you guys get, you're able to kick it forward. We, in turn, are also able to kick forward some of our support. And I just want to drop a couple of really cool organizations that we've been able to contribute to in recent months because of our supporters. And one of them is called Fundana International. And it's an orphanage in Venezuela, and it's really cool. They call them their chiquitos, the children. And what's particularly special about this is they provide the kids home education, and they're one of the only places in Venezuela right now who are also um, providing um, therapy support oh. to their kids to process what's going on in that country right now. Um, and another one that I really like giving to is TK Haiti. They're working with TB and HIV care in Port-au-Prince. Um, they're having a lot of turmoil there that's an area that could use some love and this month my five-year-old friend ellie actually helped me donate to girls education international and that was actually a group that was started by some adventuring women in boulder oh. um and lizzie who's been awesome so those are just some really cool organizations if this holiday season or this start of the year you're looking to to support um someone other than adventurers they're folks who are doing good work but if cool. you want to feed us that's cool too <laughs> so that's great. So you guys are actually taking a portion of your donations and donating to other nonprofits that you've heard of or been involved with or been around. Yeah, absolutely. I believe very much in the flow of good things. And it's only been because that flow has come to us that we have been able to continue on our journey that far. And I don't want that goodness to stop with me and I want to share it with people who I meet in person I want to share it with our followers and I want to share it by supporting other people who are who are doing good works so cool well and so if you are uh, you got some more people on your Christmas list that you can't find the perfect gift for it's probably because they don't need anything instead you should sign up sign them up for a monthly patreon support uh, person and they can get them they can get the uh, post from her odyssey and if they don't like it it's not something they have to take back to the store right. so and you've still supported a good thing so but my my guess is that they will like it and they'll get involved so. and you get and you, we have an artist each year we have a really cool artist um, doing our design for this year for our stickers that we put out and i send postcards um to certain levels and uh, do little video hellos so 
something will come your way. Yeah, exactly. So instead of uh, elbowing through the mall and all the crap that's there, you can sign up for yourself or a loved one, and it will be uh, funds better used and a gift more appreciated. So, mm-hmm. all right, cool. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for skiing with me today. Thanks for showing me your trails, and thanks for sharing your experience with the trail show. It's my pleasure. And thanks for picking out at Whole Foods with me, too. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> a box of delicious. Uh, good luck on the next uh, the next leg, and we can't wait to maybe get some updates from you guys and see your progress. Absolutely. Good job on uh, that, that first ever trail show remote. I'm, I'm no Terry Gross, but, you know, <laughs> I do my best. I, I thought it was great. I, I did, too. Yeah, I, I thought, really thought there were some great questions in there. And, again, you can find... Fidget's website at her-odyssey.org. And I just want to put a plug in. I know I talked about it during the interview, but we don't advocate, as we've said, to raise money for other people's through hikes, and I still stand by that. But when it comes to the case of um, Fidget and Neon and also our friend Mooncad, I would say that they are providing content to you know, everyone who subscribes to their blog, and they're also um, influencing the lives and the, the communities that they interact with um, on their journey. And so for me, the, the subscription to, to, their, um, to, their, to their website and, and, and contributing monthly to their uh, journey is more about uh, the content that I'm getting from them and also the sharing that they're doing along the way. And so, uh, yeah, I encourage you to think about uh, becoming part of their support network. And I can tell you that they're super frugal as well, and they're not out <laughs> drinking away those those pesos that you're sending their way. So I encourage yeah, you to go I, to their website and, and sign up. I would totally throw in a second on that. I you know, I actually started supporting their Patreon like right when we did uh, with the trail show, unbeknownst, yeah. um, which was kind of funny. But yeah, that's my primary means of keeping up with what they do is their Instagram and then and then the Patreon updates that that I get. And like I don't give them much. It's a few bucks a month. Like I think it's like eleven bucks or something like that. But they yeah, they're not out there living high off the hog. No, they're not. Uh and I really think that what they're doing is not just a hike. Um, and I think it's it's a, a much more valuable enterprise. So, and and I want to just say that if I were to go out hiking again and solicit donations, that I would be totally living high off the hog and drinking it all away. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, so there's yeah. always that, right? You know, there's always somebody who's going to do that too. So. For sure. You know, yeah. I'd also say like if you think you want to fund your your hike with other people's money, check out the bar, that because that's where it's at. Like for people to give you just a few bucks a month, just a couple of bucks. Like you're gonna have to churn out some amazing stuff because, like they, yeah. they're you know they're doing I think uh, an amazing trip um, and 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 I know I only give them a couple of bucks so you just want to go hike a trail like you better work pretty damn yeah, hard yeah exactly <laughs> I mean I would I would sponsor a D-Lo hike yeah to, to talk because I, yeah. I, I I really raise <laughs> I raise the bar man you you haven't seen me do uh, karaoke well dude you've got yeah. a, you've got a San Angelo bar. I have a San Angelo right. bar, which he I raises can lift. it. You raise yeah. it. Lowers yeah. it. I can lift it. It raises yeah. it and lowers it again. Yeah. Yeah. Raises it, yeah. lowers it. Poke some rocks cool. out of the ground. All right, let's do one more segment before we go to break. Let's do trips. All right. I know folks have gone places since the last time we recorded. Um, who should we start with? Well, I just since we just did the interview, I uh, yesterday I went to Silverthorne and I went skiing with. Fidget and I fell a couple of times and apparently it was captured on the internet. So now, did you go tele skiing or downhill skiing? Nordic skiing, classic. Oh, classic skiing. 
classic Nordic okay. skiing. But I haven't been on skis in a long time, so it was a little bit of that old lady butt sticking out type skiing, you know, where you're real unstable. Did you pizza wedge? I did because I have metal edges on my Nordic skis. Okay. I have so that country Nordic skis. Now some you French know, fries and then some pizza and then some French fries some more. Yeah. We, have a, we have a long history here on the trail show of Shutting not down. talking about skiing, P.O.D., so I I'm going to have to shut that down but right I'm now. I'm done talking about it. Okay, very good. Dilo, you're not planning to talk about skiing, are you? Well, since you asked. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> I, but I won't focus on the skiing aspect of it. I'll focus on the... Uh, basically, I took off work for about a half day on Thursday after there was a few inches of snow and went on a ski tour up at Eldora. Not at this ski resort, but beyond it. And I had a, I made a friend on the ski tour. Oh, yeah? Who's yeah. that? So um, this year, Eldora has installed these gates in front of the uphill access to the National Forest. And they want to control access to the trails through their ski resorts. I'm not exactly sure why. So it's like a, it's a real gate. And you have to go inside and get a card and scan it. And then the gate goes up and then you can, um, you know, hmm. uh, herringbone up the hill. Yeah. So anyways, I'm sitting there looking at the gates, wondering what this is all about because I hadn't been there yet. And along comes somebody next to me and slaps down his skis right next to me. And he's looking at the gates too. And he's grumpy. Uh-oh. He's not happy. Yeah. So the two of us go inside, and uh, we figure out how, what we have to do to, to get through the gates. And he, we give the, the guy behind the counter our names and our d- date of births yeah. and our addresses. And this gentleman was uh, very – he was not excited about giving them his date of birth. So he, so <laughs> oh, he, really? told, him, he told him he was uh, – he born, Yeah, he lied. He said he was 10 years older than he was. What? So he said that he was uh, 80 years old. And they, the guy kind of looked at him like, whoa. And he's like, I'm in pretty good shape for 80, huh? <laughs> and <laughs> turns out he was actually 70. But this gentleman and I or were the only ones out. Well, there was a couple. There was like one or two other people out. We, uh, he joined me for um, most of my ski tour, which is a bit of a lollipop. And uh, I took him, I took him uh, up this steep hill, and then we had some fresh tracks on the way down. And uh, then he left me because I wanted to get back home and had... had uh, Get on, get online and do some work, and he went out a little bit further, and uh, he's my new my new ski buddy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so his do you, his do name you... is Dave Abbott. He lives in Boulder. He's seventy years old. So you're going to contact him again? Yeah, next? I think yeah. so. I think we'll go skiing again when there's a few inches of snow. Maybe yeah. you'll get some audio. Could Maybe be. You'll get yeah. some audio yeah. next yeah. time you're with Dave. He's a little grumpy about things, but that, you know, so am I, right? So is yeah. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty neat. I made a new friend skiing I, with a senior. Quick question. Yeah. Did did you have to exert? a lot of effort to get from the gate back into the lodge to figure out what the situation was. Not really. You just kind of, okay. I mean, the, the lodge was right there. The oh, okay. cross-country ski lodge is right there. So you just okay. walked around and said, well, what's, what's up? And they said, yeah, we have to do this. And, and this guy tried to ask the man behind the counter about the gates. And the man behind the counter wanted nothing to do with this discussion. He said, hmm. look, you want to talk to me about these gates? We're going to brew up a cup of coffee. We're going to sit down by the fire. <laughs> really? We're going to be here for a little while because I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> the man behind the counter at the huh. Nordic Center at Eldora was not thrilled about the gates for the backcountry oh. access. Yeah, he thought it was a little silly himself. Interesting. Yep. So that's my story, skiing with the senior. Okay. Yep. Who else? Who else went somewhere? Come on, Triple O. I know you've been out there shredding the gnar. <laughs> shredding the gnar. Yeah, I haven't been doing much. I, I try, I'm trying to pick up snowboarding. So I've been mostly just falling down mountains at Eldora and Steamboat. 
and I'll probably continue to fall down mountains. Hopefully, I won't get too injured so I can still hike this summer. Yeah, that's how you get good at snowboarding. You fall a lot. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, that's the first thing you got to figure out. Yeah. It does get better, though. Yeah. I, I can promise you that, but you have to keep falling for yeah. a while. <laughs> the lift guy today was like, nice helmet. I was like, yeah, that's probably the most important piece of gear I have. <laughs> Has anyone talked to you about wrist guards? I have wrist guards. Uh, then you're you're yeah. in the know. Yeah, I was like, I you know, it's just not worth it to. <laughs> yeah, you might as well just be protected. Okay, so I went to a little known National Park Service unit uh, since the last time we taped the show, called Cowpens National Battlefield, and it is not in Colorado. It is in fact in South Carolina. I was at home in South Carolina over the Thanksgiving break, oh. visiting my familia. And um, about 10 miles from my mom's house is Cowpens National Battlefield, which I don't actually go there to view the Revolutionary War battlefield stuff. I go there for the trails. It's difficult to find trails in the upstate of South Carolina, but this place has a few. And by a few, I mean about two miles of, <laughs> of actual trails through the woods. Do you use some loops then? Yeah, I do loops. I do loops. Loops are good. Um, and actually, going to the south in November is a pretty nice time to be there. It's not hot. There's no bugs. There's no mosquitoes. There's no humidity. The trails are... No one's on that trail ever. I don't think... I've been there a number of times. No one's ever there. So anyway, that was me visiting my national parks. It was great. Jeez, let's see. Uh, I, it's been a minute since I've been in the studio, so I've, I've definitely done some trips, but it's mostly been for work. Uh, I've been to New York a couple of times. Um are you hiking the Adirondack trails out there? No, I haven't had any. I haven't had enough time to be able to actually like get out and really do much there. It, it's. Uh, I also work outside most of the time, yeah. and so the last time I was there, which was for just a week uh, at the at the end of last month, mm-hmm. um, it was snowing pretty much the entire time that I was there. Ooh, uh, so I I was definitely playing around in the snow a little bit and uh, and having to endure some. Pretty frigid temperatures. Um, Were you in Rome, New York? I was. Yeah, that's where that came from. So um, I brought back a growler from uh, from Rome last time I was there, uh, and the Copper City Brewing is uh, boom like the lo- the local brewery there, uh, and and luckily I found them, um, and they, they make some pretty good stuff. So I brought back this this growler of the fennel saison that we'll we'll probably crack open in a little bit here. Excellent, salty. What about you? Uh, last week I went to Ohio to visit my family. Cool. So I did a little bit of day hiking while I was there. My, uh, brother and his wife live in Northeast Ohio, which is not too far from Cuyahoga Valley National Park, which is Ohio's only national park. Really? Yeah. And, um, it's nice. I mean, it's, it's like some dense forests, uh, Cuyahoga River runs through it, it's towpath, so... Yeah. I think I think Bobby Walter spends a lot of time there. Is she? Yeah, yeah. I think oh, no she's kidding. posted a lot of pictures from there. Actually, you know what? I just realized I I visited a little known national park unit as well because in Rome they have a uh, a fort there um, that was involved in some battle back in 1777, um, but the fort is still there and it's a national park. Uh, oh, cool! Or a national monument rather. Yeah, right on. Pretty good. Pretty neat. Yeah. Pod, we you, we started with you. Yeah. Okay. I'm I think done. I think we covered everybody. We didn't ask the cat. Right. Uh, should we Mo, ask Mo? Who is on triple O again? <laughs> Mo's, yeah, about yeah. To, Mo's about to move. Yes. Mo looks like he's squatting <laughs> on you, bro. He's about no, to no, make no, a no, move. No, it, it, it's fine. Yeah, it's he fine. won't. It he won't. 
Yeah, don't worry, man. Don't. He's just, he's just, to just trying to get comfortable. Don't get he's nervous. Trying to sit, put his, he's trying to sit yeah. on your phone there. You might want to. Mo the, hasn't gone anywhere recently. Unless you want your phone to smell like cat butt. <laughs> but, but he is. Maybe he does. Going to go to Salida very soon. Yeah. yeah. He's very he's excited. We know how cats love to move. Oh, they just. They, <laughs> yeah. That's like a car ride for a kitty. Going to be your cat? No. No. Salty is also moving to oh, Salida. Oh, are you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. yep. Good for you. Yeah. House sitting for six months. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. It's awesome. What fun. You're going to yep. rope Salty into your dance squad? <laughs> yep. <inside. I> am. <laughs> your dance squad. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we've I'm got game. My squad. <laughs> Sparkly yo. outfits. That's what I was going to say. We can wear the sequin shorts. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. We should. <laughs> All right, I folks. I can't bend over in those, but that's okay. Yeah. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got an audio update from Moon Kid. All right. And a special trail tip that was sent in by a trail show listener. Yes. Don't go anywhere. All right, folks, we are out of time this month, but be sure to tune in next month for the second half of Show 78. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening to The Trail Show this year and look forward to having you back in 2019. Until then, have a nice holiday, reach for the stars, and get on the trail. Ciao. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. This is the best trail podcast ever. Just... He was a little grumpy about things, but, that, you know, so am I, right?